Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, over the last few years, I have spoken to you about mother and baby homes, obviously because I have a very personal attachment to it because I was born in St. Patrick's Home on Lavin Road in 1963. Only found out who my sister was when I was 50 years of age. Uh, only found out who my mother was. Um, unfortunately, that relationship... Uh, because of the way it was dealt with, because of the way everything is done, the relationship probably wasn't, for me, for years of searching, it became a bit of an anticlimax. Uh, and that wasn't my fault and it wasn't her fault. It was the fault of the state. Uh, but look, I'm not going to go into all that now. I'm sure most of you know my story. It's been publicised many times. But um, I was disturbed to hear that the Children's Minister has committed to re-examining the legislation that could see records of mother and baby homes put behind the reach of survivors for 30 years. Now, powerful testimonies of those who lived in mother and baby homes were read out in the doll yesterday. Um, and I want to get a little bit more on this story if I can. I want to speak to the spokesperson, Sinn Féin spokesperson on children, Kathleen Funchen, who joins me. Uh, Kathleen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. How and are you? I, I watched uh, the clip of you talking about these particular stories about, you know, one survivor who vividly recalled that no doctor was present when she gave birth and only nuns were there and there was no formal medical care given at any time uh, or any pain relief during that time. And it was it was difficult to watch you, by the way, reading those stories. And I know it was difficult for you to read out those stories. Um, but explain to our listeners exactly what the minister is proposing and what this legislation proposes to do. Yeah, well, firstly, it was extremely difficult. I, I did get um, a bit emotional last night, and I think that comes from as well, like just having dealt with so many people over the years and knowing how long they've waited for some sort of justice and for and for some sort of closure for a lot of people. And like you were saying, so, so many people don't even know who they are, where do they come from, who who is their mother, who their father was, any siblings. So it's just yeah. Well, I, I explain my own story. Being, I was told. Yeah. I was told in my car one day on the phone with a phone call um, uh, from Tusla that I had a sister after 54 years. And that sister, by the way, had had requested information going back 10, 15 years previous, yeah. as I had. And neither of us could be paired up with each other. Now, thankfully, I, I got to meet her in the end. And I got to find out who she was, but only to pure accident and to pure coincidence. And, uh, and this, is, this is exactly what you hear. You hear people, it was sort of word of mouth or maybe somebody in the local town knew somebody that you were able to link someone up. Like Tusla have, unfortunately, people tell us time and time again that they've had very negative experiences mm-hmm. you know that they haven't been of any help and so the legislation is proposing to uh, send part of the database of the records obviously the commission of investigation was set up and they will have a report on the 30th of october um, and they will send that to the minister so the legislation proposes that the database involved in that report and all the records that part of that be sent to tusla which would mean people would have to still deal with Tusla in relation to trying to get access to their records and their information. And we know that that has not worked at all. It hasn't been successful, no. no. Yeah. Um, And he is saying as well that um, he feels if he does not pass this legislation, that there's a possibility that records will be redacted. Um, And he's referencing the Commission Act of 2004. Now, the Commission Act of 2004 clearly states that the records, once that the Commission is finished with their work, that all the records and all the, I suppose, data that they use for their work gets sent to the specified minister, which is the children's minister in this case. So it doesn't actually say... I mean, is the, is the purpose of this, Kathleen, to bury these records for 30 years out of the reach of people and survivors mm-hmm. and to make it more difficult for people to find out information? Is the, the main purpose of this, from what I can see, financial? 
that they don't want to pay out redress to people, that if they put it out of the reach of people for 30 years, well, most of those people involved in this situation will be dead um, and they won't be with us anymore. So is that is that the main purpose of this? I, I genuinely think that there is um, definitely something very unusual going on here. I'm not sure if, it, if it's financial. I think they don't want to pay out a redress, but I certainly do think that there's potential skeletons in people's closets. I mean, the state knew what was going on. The state were involved with this. And, and, you know, we hear people, um, and it was said last night, some people who had ran away and then were brought back by the authorities. So everybody knew what was going on. And I think that there is a fear of maybe certain names being mentioned or certain state bodies being mentioned that maybe we're trying to stay up to now. Oh, we didn't know what was going on, but they actually did know. And there could be a financial element to it as well. Um, and it's, it's cynical, and some people would say, oh, that's absolutely not the case. But unfortunately, for people who have gone through this, that's all they've known. It, you know, they've been let down time and time again. Their trust has been broken time and time again. So what else are they supposed to, to think? And as Minister is saying he wants to bring further, forward further legislation to deal with the unsealing of the records. Well, sure, we're talking about legislation now in relation to the mother and baby institutions. Why not bring it forward now? Why not discuss it now? Why did this have to be so rushed? And that's another point. Well, uh, this is what I can understand why they have to rush it. Because let's be clear about it. The people who've been waiting for this particular, the commission to establish this report, they were established, by the way, initially in 2015 to inquire of, in relation to the treatment. Of course, this was all set up following the, the story of the 800 babies uh, in the Bond Secures home in Tume. Um, and this has been pushed forward twice now at this stage, a year each time under the yeah, previous minister. So I don't know what the big rush is all of a sudden now to, yeah. to hide the records for 30 years. It's um, There's actually been seven interim reports, believe it or not. So that actually shows how many delays that there has been. And I know that nobody wants a delay and I'd be the very first to be shouting about here's another delay. However, if I thought the delay was because they were going to be dealing with the fact that they weren't going to seal the records for 30 years, I think everybody would accept a delay of a few weeks or even maybe two months or something. Uh, so it doesn't make any sense that they're rushing it through now. And I also think that the ministry needs to be conscious of the fact that he's relatively new into this position, he's relatively new into the portfolio. There's a huge amount in the portfolio this time around that brings in other areas, not just children and youth affairs. I think he needs to take the time. And that's that's the, the point that we were trying to make as well. That, yeah, that no, I know I do understand Radha Gorgorman is only no. in the position a short time. And maybe... Yeah. I mean, it's a very difficult time for everybody. Of course, COVID is, you know, consuming yeah. the national conversation. And, you know, if it wasn't for COVID-19, this would be a much bigger conversation on radio. Yeah. And, and, there's a, and there's a few other things that have been put in there over the last few weeks as well. You know, the, the right to die bill, et cetera, et cetera, all those kind of other bills that have been put in. And I find it really inappropriate to be dealing with these bills at this particular time. You know, putting them off for six months wouldn't do any harm because they are, you know, they come down to the morals of the nation and we need to debate them and talk about them. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And I actually appreciate that you're covering it on your show because you're a hundred percent right. There's so many, um, you know, others like the COVID stuff. And I know people are consumed with that, the level five and everything. But this is such an important topic and it has been going on for years. And I think everybody would accept some more time if it was to make sure that we got it right. And I think the minister himself should do that so that he knows he's a hundred percent making the right decision. You know, that's, 
because everybody is distracted by everything else that's going on and, yeah. and I don't think it gets fair conversation I mean an afternoon or an evening should I say in the doll is not enough to be talking about this you know for to, to get you know all the different permutations of this because the last time I remember when we just well not the last time we've discussed it so many times because of my own personal interest in the story but when we talked about Tume for example the amount of mothers that we had on that show for two hours we covered it that day and mm-hmm. I had mothers who had been in baby mother and baby homes and people automatically think oh this was the 1950s and 60s it wasn't mm-hmm. right up to the 1980s and Dunboyne and places like that crying their eyes out on the air about the way they were treated about how their babies were taken from them and and my own mother who I spoke to my birth mother about the way the, that I was taken from her literally you know a donation of £300 was paid by my father so I was essentially sold um, because people consider these to be baby factories which is essentially what yeah. the, the state and the church by the way both responsible for what was going on and yet now here we are you know we understand it was a bad part of our history but we want to almost bury that history yeah, and it's a further injustice to people that have already been failed time and time again. There's no point in standing up in the door and saying, this is horrific and we're sorry and it's terrible and we apologise if we're not actually going to match that with action. And the amount of people that have been, uh, you know, affected by this, I there's so many families. I there were people contacting me between last night and this morning that I've known for a very long time that I didn't know had any connection to a mother and baby home. And they were saying about maybe grandparents or parents or, or various people that they knew and you know it is a major major part of our history and I think you know it is people are describing it as you know a dark and a cold time in our history yes 100% but you don't you don't just erase that I mean, no I mean could you could you imagine in Germany if they said Let, let's let's bury the records from the Holocaust yeah. I mean you, you yeah. wouldn't do that even though it's something that we don't like to remember I think we have to learn from it I think it's really important that we learn from the mistakes of the past a hundred percent, and that's the thing about the records as well. Like part of it, obviously, is for people about their identities, about family. Some of it is very practical as well. Like I've met people just trying to find out basic medical information. About oh, themselves. look, I went, I went down that route as well. You know, I, I asked yeah. them, I asked them on the Freedom of Information, had they any information at all in relation to me when I was there in 1963, and I was in the home for 18 months as a baby, and uh, all I got was two little bits of paper with scribbled writing on it. Um, you know about um, immunizations that I might have got or I was sick in St. Kevin's I think for six months for something or other but it's very illegible and very difficult to read and that's about all I got Yeah no there's there's such little information for people and that's like a big part of it but also we do need to um, acknowledge that this happened and we need to take responsibility for it and that has to be part of our history like I was in tune um, a number of weeks ago now at this stage but I met with a few people there and I could I couldn't even find the actual uh, site of the home like it's been knocked but there's yeah. no signage there is no It's the same in St Patrick's isn't it I mean there's a housing estate now where St Patrick's on the Navan Road used to be I don't yeah. I don't I think there's a small plaque somewhere on a wall but I don't know where it is now I I kind of haven't been up there in a while but that's gone too. There's a huge massive housing. Well, look, of course, society has to progress. And of course, the home was burnt down many years ago. Um, but And they had to build on it. But I mean, God only knows if we talk about tomb and the bodies that were found under that, God only knows if we looked under every mother and baby home, what we'd find. I think we'd be horrified, yeah. to be honest with you. And, and even to be, even the fact that it had to wait till it got to that stage before there was a decision to have a, commi- a commission of investigation into it. I mean, everybody knew before then about the really you know, horrible and kind of cruel practices. I mean, to me, it just it just sounded like absolute mm. torture. Like, yeah. I have two kids myself, and I just, particularly the parts of the people on their own, how nervous and scared they must have been given birth, with no support, no help, no even medical help. Yeah, I, mean, I know. The, the stories are horrendous. My, my, my birth mother, mother told me about 
women, you know, that she was with and they were writing down their names and addresses and putting it in the nappy of the baby in case when they went out, because she was sent up to Fibsborough Church to clean the church every day. And um, I believe she was raped up there, but anyway, that's the whole of the story. But I, but she went out to Fibsborough Church and when she went out, they would put names and addresses in the nappies of the babies in case they were taken while they were gone, which, I mean, absolutely God, shocking. Horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is horrific. And, you know, like that needs to all come out as, as negative and as bad as it is, because that's the only way you can really kind of give justice and give closure and then give the basics to people of their records. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, been debated, the amendments part of it is, is today now in the Dáil, and, you know, there's still time for the Minister to do the right thing. He still is today, um, and we'd be appealing to him again. We did yesterday, and I just really hope that he might... Well, the vote, the vote is today, isn't it? The vote, and this just shows you how rushed it is. Two days in the Dáil. Yeah, yeah. 4.30 to about 9.30 last night and now today. Okay. And people's lives will be buried for 30 years. Yeah, and yeah. as you said, I mean, so so many people will have, have passed on at that stage. Yep, yep, you absolutely. Know? Most people who will be interested in that information, the people like myself, I, I don't think I'll be around in 30 years' time, but there are many people like myself, uh, 80, 90,000 people in this country who are in that position. And, uh, you know, their information will be put away for 30 years. Many of those people, most of them will probably be dead within 30 years because of the age group, I suppose, we're we're talking about. But listen, thank you very much indeed. And keep up the good fight. And I appreciate it. All right. Uh, Thank Thank you very much. On behalf of everybody, by the way, who's been in that position, we appreciate the good fight. Kathleen uh, Funchen, who is a Sinn Féin spokesperson for children. Um, By the way, if you're interested in that, don't forget you can write your local TD in relation to it. I don't agree with it. I don't believe those uh, records should be buried for 30 years. When I say buried, access made difficult uh, for those who want the access to it. I think access to that information should be available all the time for those people involved. It's a shocking, shocking story. And you know what? This is what I said. During COVID-19, it is so easy to bury information and to bury really, you know, stories that would otherwise be front page news. There are so many stories over the last three or four weeks that we have seen that unfortunately become, you know, page three or page five of a newspaper, which should be on the front page because of COVID-19. They always say, you know, when something like this is happening, a national disaster, a crisis, it's always a good time to bury bad news. And it's a good way of sneaking things in that people don't know about or people don't spot because most people would be worried about COVID-19 and their children and everything else and testing and all sorts of carry on. And we're, we're being kind of, I suppose, bombarded with information about COVID-19. Meanwhile, lots of other stuff is still happening. The world still moves on. Every other bit news story is still happening. 